Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you need to develop into a better leader, this podcast is for you. If you want to achieve a greater level of success, this podcast is for you. His mentor, Dr. John C. Maxwell, said it best, everything rises and falls on leadership. We hope to inspire you today and provide you with an insight that has the potential to positively impact the trajectory of your life. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast. So you may consider yourself tech savvy, but being tech savvy is not just about knowing a how-to, but about cultivating the desire to always be learning more. And this is what we will talk about today with my guest, Bob Fabian Zinga. Fabian is a cybersecurity executive and a U.S. Navy Reserves Commander with 23 years of experience in information technology and areas such as leadership, business operations, and project management. He's also part of the Forbes Technology Council of Experts panel. And I invited him because he's always sharing great information, both to the tech experts about the latest trends and about the fields we must learn more about. We talked about his fascinating life story and his views on why we should educate ourselves more on business. Let's listen. Thank you so much, Fabian, for joining me in the podcast today. I am glad to be here. I have a lot to ask you. I have been um, reading what you have written throughout um, in Force magazine. And also, uh, should I congratulate you as well? Because you were recently promoted. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. So uh, could you talk a little bit about your promotion? It's to commander, right? You're a Navy commander uh, in the U.S. Um, uh, military. Yes. <laughs> I, I joined the U.S. Navy um, back in 2004 as a seaman recruit, which is the lowest rank possible. <laughs> and uh, in 17 years, I, I went from an E1 to an O5. So basically, when I, when I went to boot camp, I think it was in 2005, right? Uh, I made up my mind I was either going to become a senior enlisted leader, which is like uh, E7, or a senior uh, officer, uh, which is uh, O5. So that dream finally, finally uh, uh, became reality this, this month. So thank you. Wow. Congratulations. Awesome. So, and I wanted to talk a lot today about uh, your career in tech and your career in the military, as well as those lessons that you can provide in the roles of, in the realm of leadership. Our topic today is uh, tech savvy or being tech savvy, mm -hmm. but there's a lot to talk about today. And I want to know first, because I saw in one of your writings that you had mentioned that at the age of uh, 17, you realized that you wanted to kind of cultivate your leadership leadership skills. Could you talk mm -hmm. about that? And what made you realize that at such a young age that you wanted to do that? Well, uh, I guess it is kind, kind of young. But it seems like a lot of things starting to happen for me at 17. Uh, basically, what happened is uh, I migrated from uh, the Congo to the US, right? So at 17 years old, I started living completely alone. Actually, my uh, uh, mother was so scared, she actually flew with, with me. Uh, uh, to the US. She stayed for maybe about a, a month or so. And then I was like, hey, mom, it's time for you to go back. Uh, I've got this. <laughs> so uh, I, I was pretty, pretty much completely emancipated. I was an adult living by myself. So uh, that's where I kind of decided, you know, what do I want to do 
with my life? What, what impact do I want to have? Not just live my life to please my mom, which you know, I loved it very much, and my parents and so forth, but what do I, Bob, Fabian, Zinga, what do I want? And uh, that's really where I started to get very, very serious uh, about kind of, uh, in a way, you know, setting my own des destiny. I started reading a whole bunch of books. By now, I probably uh, read more than a thousand books now. Uh, wow. but, but most of the books I, I've been reading, I, I read a lot, but I'd, it's kind of strange. Um, maybe I shouldn't say this loud you know, because I, I, I was a trans scientist, but science fiction is not something I'm very interested in. There may be a couple of ex exceptions, but like novel and things like that, to me, it's like a waste of my time. I want to read books that are actually very practical, books that I, I can study and read and actually apply in my life like now. And, yeah. and kind of start seeing seeing the uh, the uh, impact and uh, improvement like business leadership uh, or whatever. So, in, anyway, so when when I came to America, seventeen years old, I kind of knew originally my, my 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 first dream was to become a medical doctor. Obviously, I'm not a medical doctor uh, today, so I had this second dream. But but no matter what uh, my primary uh, goal was as a career, I just felt it that you, you had to have three things, no, no matter what you do. One was uh, be a good leader. Number two, uh, you have to have some type of business skills. And then number three, you also have uh, to um, know something about technology. No matter what you do today, I felt like in the 21st century, those would be like the, you know, the three most uh, crucial skills, no matter what, what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, a doctor, a, uh, tech, a tech, tech technologist, you can't really live life today without having to deal with tech, tech technology, right? I have uh, two uh, daughters, they're like Gen Zers, right? And uh, they pretty much were born in the midst of social media, tech technology, and so forth, and couldn't even imagine life you know, without their iPhones. So uh, it is uh, just imperative for everybody everywhere to really be computer literate, right? Because when I, when I was um, growing up in the Congo in Central Africa, one of the biggest problems back, back then, I was very f fortunate to go to school and so forth, but a lot of the kids in my uh, uh, country of origin, they were completely illiterate. They couldn't read and uh, they uh, uh, couldn't uh, un un understand French. And that was a, a real uh, problem. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I felt like in the 21st century, including in American developed countries, it's possible to be computer illiterate. And that's part of the reason why I just decided to kind of get into technology and it ended up being my career of choice. Wow. But yeah, that is really how I felt because I even felt like if I, at the time when I wanted to become a medical doctor, I was like, okay, maybe I will have my own clinic. So I need to learn about business, right? Because it's not just about helping people, it's about being profitable and running a, a, a business too, right? And I, I need to be a leader. I will have a bunch of people working for me. I will be leading in this vision. And then I also need uh, to uh, uh, learn about technology because you can't really be a doctor today without having some type of computer uh, system, right? To, to keep all of the uh, data from your patient. And on top of that, with HIPAA rules and so forth, it has to be uh, secure. So again, you don't have to be an, an expert in that, but you need to know something about it. Yeah, certainly. And it's so important, as you mentioned, to have that skill today wow. that regardless of the field that you're in, to become, to have some sort of tech savviness and, uh, or being tech savvy, I should say. Now, why did you decide to focus on the area of cybersecurity? Okay, uh, very long story, but to uh, make it short, basically, uh, 
the only job I could find on campus uh, as an international student at the time was uh, working for the uh, university library in their computer department system. That was the only job I could find. I feel like I applied for like a thousand jobs. That nobody wanted to uh, hire me. Uh, I was like, I guess I call it catch 22. I just like, okay, we only want to hire people who already have experience. I'm like, okay, I don't have experience, but for me to get the experience so you can hire me, you need to give me a chance. You need to open the door, give me the opportunity, <laughs> and then I will gain the, the experience. So she's like, okay, we can tell you you don't have experience, but I can tell the experience unless you, uh, you hire me. So it, it, anyway, it, it felt like it was uh, impossible. And this has happened quite a few times. Uh, in uh, my life, but I just had to find a way, find an opening, and then really, really, really uh, uh, work for it. So that's exactly what happened. So I, I was doing that job uh, part part time, and then let, later on, when I went to um, graduate school, I was uh, a PhD candidate in micro uh, bio, uh, biology, and um, I got married, and we had a kid on the way, and I felt like I needed to work full time. So I kind of went 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 back to to that uh, job. It was very easy for them to hire me because they already uh, knew me. They had tra trained me and, mm -hmm. and they knew how hard I uh, worked. And uh, from there on, I, I guess it was uh, destiny. I, I was uh, studying for the Microsoft certified uh, system in uh, engineer certification and part mm -hmm. of the uh, track MC, MCSE and part of the track, uh, it was brand, brand new, it was uh, security. Yeah. So I got into it and I really, really felt in love with it. I like, okay, this is what I was born, born for. And then I think it was in 2005, I had the opportunity to actually do security full time. And uh, like they say, the rest is history. Yes. And also now you're part of the Forbes Technology Council. Um, could you talk about that and how do you be first become part of that one? What does it involve? Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, invitation uh, only. and. Uh, I had received uh, an uh, email, I think her name was uh, Amanda, you know, if, if I, I was uh, interested in, in uh, joining. I don't know, but, but I, I feel like they, they probably go on social media, LinkedIn and stuff, and look for a uh, uh, tech uh, executive who would be a, uh, a, a good fit. And uh, I, once I received the invitation, I, I told my uh, supervisor at work, I'm like, yeah, I will definitely uh, accept this. So that was in 2020. So it's been almost uh, what, uh, two years now. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I already feel uh, privileged to to be among them because you really network a lot you know, with all of the uh, movers and shakers in technology, not just in the U.S. but really across uh, the world, right? And uh, you also get an opportunity uh, to be a thought leader and and share your passion, your your vision, and contribute to the uh, global knowledge of uh, technology. So it, it has been a very rewarding experience. Yes, and I like the fact that when you also contribute to Forbes and in your writings, you address both um, both sides of like the techno technology side for those people who are working in the more tech savvy and those on the business side as well. And um, and I want you to talk a little bit about that because I, I, in regards of um, advice for people who are actually in the tech field, you have suggested um, some of the skills that they should develop as being, it's not just about being tech savvy, but also knowing about some of other skills. What are some other skills that you suggest for those people that are in the field of technology? Yes, and, and, and again, I think it's technology, but it really is any field whatsoever, kind of like what we talked about at the beginning, leadership. Mm -hmm and business, right? Leadership, business, and technology to me are really the three most critical skills for anybody, anywhere. Uh, I uh, worked for a company called Pivotal in 2014. That's when I, I moved to the San Francisco 
Bay Area. Uh, it was a different type of com of company. Uh, when I joined the company, I realized we didn't have any servers or data center on premises, nothing at all. Everything was completely in the cloud, 100% in the cloud. I've never been in a company quite like that before. We used to say, you know, the internet is our uh, network. But another thing Pivotal did is we really taught how to um, deploy and uh, develop modern software. That, that was part, part of our uh, mission. And uh, of course, me being in the, on the security team, my, my mission was to develop software, uh, but do it in a, uh, secure, in a secure way. But one thing I kind of re realized is pretty much all of the companies out there are technology companies, whether they realize it or not. For example, Walmart, right? Great, uh, uh, I guess it's a grocery store or a uh, supermarket where you can go and, and buy pretty much whatever you want. It's really a technology company. They just yes, happen really. to have uh, some type of inventory, but they are a tech uh, company. Pretty much car rental company, Earls or Avis, all of them, they, they really are technology company. They just happen to have an inventory of um, cars like Uber, definitely a technology company for sure. And they don't have any inventory whatsoever. No, they, they have um, people in the gig mm -hmm. economy who bring their own car, pay for their own insurance, and, and then do all of the work for, for them and they just get to be in profit. So pretty much every company today is a tech company, whether they realize it or not. So technology is definitely uh, crucial. And I think it's just going to get more and more and more uh, important as we go forward. But in addition to that, I think you really have to understand um, business. Uh, no matter what you do, what your industry is, even as a cybersecurity executive, I need to understand the business of my organization. How do we make money? Why do I get paid? How, what, what, what am I, uh, how can I you know, impact the bottom line for my organization, right? Uh, even if you are like in a non-profit non organization, I've worked for, for quite a few, and I sit on a couple of boards of non-profit, non non they, they don't make uh, you know, money cash there, but what is the impact of their mission? How do they uh, track uh, what they are doing and kind of what the return on investment is on that in their community and making the world a, a better place, whatever their mission, their mission is. So I think you have to have a, a business mind. And that's part of the reason why while I was at Pivotal in 2014, I decided to enroll in a uh, MBA uh, program at the University of Maryland. And uh, I uh, really, really highly encourage anybody who's kind of moving up the uh, ladder of uh, the uh, technology industry to seriously think about uh, getting a business degree also, because it's not just about this cool technology software that no, the company may, may be able to uh, uh, develop, but it's also the business behind that. How do you take an idea from a concept into reality and get paying customers who are no, going to be able to give you enough money to pay all of your uh, employees and uh, profit? Like one thing that kind of drove most of us at Pivotal back then was the idea that we would eventually go um, public. And we, we did, I made a small fortune out of that, but this is all business. So that's why I, I think that business feels very, very important for any tech uh, professional. And then in addition to that, I believe uh, leadership, being able to influence people, you know, working with teams and, uh, because I always feel like the synergy between uh, uh, a team is much, much greater than the individual contribution of each uh, individual combined, right? So I think uh, in the 21st century, we need new types of leaders, people who are gonna be able to work with uh, teams and be able to focus on the mission and accomplish so much more than management would even allow, right? The uh, science of management might say, okay, for a team this size, if everybody gives 100%, 
the, the most you can do is 100%. But I think with leadership, you can go all the way up to 120, 150% because you are leading people from the inside in and inspiring them to do even more and working for a cause that is much, much greater than themselves. And again, that is a, a skill. Like I say in one of the articles I wrote for uh, Strixus, you know, uh, in the Navy, we believe every body is born, but leaders are made. And I think those are definitely skills that anybody can learn. Great. I really like that advice of having, really learning how things work, of having that uh, business acumen and learning that as well as cultivating the leadership that, as you mentioned, is something that we all have, but we just need to learn how to cultivate. I really like that. And now for those people that are, we work, we're all surrounded by technology, by everything else. And what are some of the good ways that you consider that we could learn what's the latest because technology is always shifting and threats are always yeah. out there as well. So what are some good ways that you recommend that we could continue to cultivate on that as well? Yeah. And, 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 and I think an, an, another characteristic or skill that is extremely important for tech leaders today is uh, just being curious, right? And uh, the desire to want to be, I guess, uh, a continual student. Uh, back in the days when my uh, parents went to school, you pretty much went to school, you learned a job, and then you did that for the rest of your life, and you didn't need to update your uh, knowledge at all. Uh, but today, that's, that is just not true, especially in tech, right? Pretty much, especially in Silicon Valley, we've come up with new product, new idea, new software, almost like every three to six months or so. So it looks like by the time you purchase a computer, like within six months or so, it's completely obsolete. You need to get like a uh, new one. So mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the knowledge and the technology is really increasing exponentially. And it's very, very, very difficult to uh, uh, keep up. Like for, me, for, for example, one big shift that happened in my career when I moved from uh, Alabama, where I used to work to California, I uh, realized that was about 2010, 2011. I realized that this cloud thing was really trending pretty significantly, right? People more and more are going through their digital transformation journey, moving away from having everything on premises and data center and so forth, and now having everything on the cloud, AWS or uh, Microsoft Azure or Google Cloud or something. So that was quite a significant shift. And when that happened, all of the security knowledge I had, you know, all of those principles would still be applicable, but the way you apply them would be completely different, right? So it's, it is forcing us to think of new ways, kind of outside of the box. How do I protect the data that used to be in a very secure physical location in my, uh, uh, inter my enterprise or the uh, headquarters of my organization, but now that data is on people's uh, computer, their uh, laptop, their mobile device, their iPhone, their Google smart devices all over in the cloud. How do I keep that data uh, secure? So I uh, thank you you really have to be uh, flexible. Things are gonna change, they're gonna change some more. For, for example, right now, one thing that kind of keeps me uh, awake at night is um, the, uh, uh, no, the, uh, the deployment of quantum computing, right? Uh, with um, quantum computer training the way it is, um, I am guessing the next couple of years, two to three to five years, uh, encryption is gonna be completely obsolete. You know, most people today use AES-256 to encrypt their data and keep it secure. But if I'm using quantum computer, I will be able to break it with no, with no sweat. Instead of taking like thousands or uh, billions of years to, to, to crack encryption, it would only take a few minutes or hours. So what are we going, going to do? So uh, that's kind of what I like about security in general, uh, meaning that you always have to be learning and also you have to be comfortable making a decision 
uh, when you are in an environment where uh, things are ambiguous, where you don't always know what the right answer is, but being able to lead again, uh, make a decision, uh, stand by it, but still be flexible so that you, you can learn with uh, the data as uh, things uh, uh, progress. So I guess to, to go back to your uh, original uh, question, I uh, really believe that people in the tech field today uh, need to have a nimble mind, they need to be agile. Uh, and ag agility is very, very important. That's, again, another lesson I really learned when I moved to Silicon Valley, because prior to that, working for the University of Alabama and the US military, we, we used to use like the waterfall model to develop mm -hmm. software. It would take us like six months or a year to actually deploy a new version of a software. In Silicon Valley, almost every company I've, I've worked for and I was a consultant to, is like every two weeks, they deploy brand new software. Like every two weeks, it's like, it's incredible. Yeah, it's almost like deploying software at the speed of thought. It's like wow, and then you you try to think about okay, how do I secure this software, and how do I fix uh, and mitigate any vulnerabilities that might be in the software before the bad guys, sorry, uh, ex exploit the uh, vulnerability and take uh, ad advantage of it. So I, I feel like you 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 really have to be uh, flexible and be willing to learn and uh, uh, just pay at attention to what is happening around you. Uh, that's, again, another reason why I do read uh, a lot of books and even uh, LinkedIn is my number one uh, social uh, media mm -hmm. platform. I think I am connected to more than 32,000 people there, most of the people in my field. You know, anyone who's anything in cyber security, I am either connected to them directly or I am only one person away uh, from uh, them. But, but I think I think, um, this idea that I am curious and I want to learn. It's kind of like what Socrates was, was, was saying. The more I know, the more I know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, because our knowledge is really exponential uh, today and you just have to be able to uh, keep up. You know, reading mag magazine again, uh, I, I really loved uh, LinkedIn because they even have special uh, groups where you can be a member of about a specific uh, uh, topic and follow a couple of uh, thought leaders like me, for example, I pretty much post something on LinkedIn pretty much uh, every uh, single uh, day. So uh, I pretty much have, uh, no, I am very, very curious ab ab about the uh, industry. I follow a lot of people who have a lot of things uh, to, uh, to say. I uh, read a lot. I am on some of those uh, Slack um, meetup group too about te technology or cyber security in uh, uh, general. Like I said earlier, I was very privileged to become a member, for example, of the Forbes uh, Technology Council. But, but just uh, uh, having an open mind and knowing that you know, what I know today might be obsolete uh, tomorrow, or there might be a better way of, of doing things than I have done it. Just because that's the way we've always done it doesn't mean it, it is the right way to, to do uh, anything. Like an, an, another thing I also do, for example, uh, last week I was on a tech executive round uh, table. We, we talked about uh, cybersecurity uh, uh, incident, right? What kind of things can we do to prevent them be before they, they, they happen? Now, it was really an illustrious uh, set of panel executive, and I, I was able to see what some of those uh, people are doing in their industry uh, to uh, combat uh, cyber crime and kind of uh, prevent data breaches. I mean, I, I could share my uh, knowledge also and kind of, you know, what works, what uh, doesn't work and maybe there is a um, better way of uh, doing of doing things. So yeah, so uh, the, the simple answer is uh, 
be uh, curious and kind of you know to find the information where, wherever it, it it might be be uh, found. Yeah, and as you mentioned there, you mentioned several examples there of there's so much um, either through social media or through groups that people can go to, and we just have to be sick seek that knowledge that's already yes. available and also i like that you mentioned that yes there in you know, agile frameworks how that software is released constantly but thinking about that how to c get caught up with those security possible threats that's yes. that yeah certainly something to think about um you mentioned a few times that yeah now you you're in california you're in the silicon mm -hmm. valley area you're still also well you were just recently um uh, promoted to commander in the uh, u.s navy could you talk a little bit about what you do on the day-to-day -day, uh as you're there in your career in the military and also uh, outside of of the military Yes, so uh, I really feel fortunate to be in the U.S. Navy Reserve, where I am an information warfare uh, officer. Uh, so basically, I do the same thing for the Navy that I, I do for my uh, civilian uh, em employer, you know, which is uh, cyber security, computer network defense. So uh, generally uh, speaking, uh, no, that's another thing I, I love about cyber security. It is really uh, I think a career of the future. It is, it is definitely easier to uh, stay, and not uh, every day is the same, right? It's, it. Some, sometimes I, I, I used to tend to get bored with, with, with things, and I want to be challenged. And cybersecurity is really the perfect career for somebody like me because <laughs> there is always something, something new, right? It's kind of like a mouse and cat um, type of game. Once the bad guys do something, eventually we're gonna find a control to stop it, but. They don't just say, okay, we quit, we are going to give up. No, they think and think and think and they come up with new, new ways. And then that forces us again to keep coming up with new ways to combat that. Like the, the one thing I said, I'm very, very concerned about quantum computing. Well, when that happens, I bet you we are going to find a way to stop that and improve our algorithm and, 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 do, and do something. I don't know what the answer is, but I know there is an answer. So eventually we are, we are going to, uh, to uh, get to it. So... That's, that's really what I, what I love about uh, what uh, I do. We have all types of uh, threat. We, we never really see the same incident uh, twice. And, uh, and there is a lot of things to consider, right? Cybersecurity and technology, one thing I really love about it is it's one of those few functions in a business that really uh, interact and impact every other function in the enterprise, right? Very, very few functions do that. Because as a cybersecurity uh, professional, I have to work with HR. I have to work with legal, I have to, uh, privacy, I have to work with engineering, I have to work with our product man man management team, I have to work with IT. So I'm pretty much working with everybody. I have to work with physical security as, uh, as well. So pretty much uh, I have a relationship with everybody, uh, every single de department in the enterprise. So that really makes things very, very interesting. And there is really so much like, um, I, am, I am also on, um, on the uh, voluntary group uh, that, that helps uh, set the uh, uh, security questionnaire for one, I believe is the gold standard for security uh, professional certification, CISSSP. And uh, uh, one thing that is really uh, uh, great uh, about that, it used to be 10 domains, now it's been reduced to eight domains, but there is just so much to do in the, uh, in the cybersecurity uh, industry. Uh, the cybersecurity spectrum is, is really good and we need people from different backgrounds to they really bring different things, right? If you love math, uh, that's a great area for you to be. If you like working with spreadsheet, you know, there is a bunch of things you, 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 you can do. 
And then if you also like to you know, just set the strategy and policies and governance for this type of thing, there's definitely room, room uh, for you there. And if you are very uh, uh, technical and you like engineering, you know, security engineering is definitely uh, an, an option. So uh, what I really love is the, uh, the richness, I, I guess, of the uh, profession and, and not doing the same thing every uh, single day. And in the Navy, I, I pretty much do the same thing except there. It's uh, one weekend a month and uh, two weeks out of uh, the year. But another big difference I've seen between what I do for the Navy and what I do for the civilian side is uh, for most corporations, the bottom line is they want to be profitable, right? We want to make money and we want to spend as little as we can on cyber security and still be secure enough so we can sell our product. But in the military, uh, security is really as the uh, primary uh, uh, place um, be because if we are not secure, no, people are going to die. So it is definitely a completely different uh, paradigm and um, being able to work into both uh, environment, I think has, has been a, a great uh, privilege. Yeah, seems great. Seems like a great variety, um, very fun and challenging the work that you do. And I truly yes. appreciate what you do in the, in the Navy as well. So thank you for helping the security of our country. Um, so before we go, I want to know, since you have read over a thousand books, uh, as you have mentioned, could you mention a couple of the books that you really have enjoyed or that you would recommend for the listeners? Yeah, uh, there are two books that I read pretty much every single year. Uh, one is Think and Grow Rich. That book pretty much changed my life. I think the way you think will determine uh, what happens to you or your reality. Uh, it, it is it is a great great uh, book and and uh, I read it every every single year. Another book I uh, read every year is uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, but I also um, read a lot of books that have to do with you know, business, leadership, and uh, technology. But uh, really, uh, one thing I have I have found, uh, and you, you don't have to be a uh, uh, believer, but but of course my number one favorite book of all is the Bible. I, I feel like uh, a lot of the knowledge or the wisdom or even most, most of the sciences we have today, you can really find their roots some, somewhere in that uh, old uh, uh, book. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, but, but really, if you, if you read, I, I don't think you, you, you can go, you, you can go wrong. And again, you don't have to agree with the uh, author or what they say, but at least it gets you thinking or at least saying things from a different uh, perspective and hopefully getting a little bit uh, wiser. Yes, certainly. Great advice. Thank you so much, Fabian, for being with me today in the show. And this was a great, fascinating conversation. Um, I'm sure we've really listened to this episode because there's a lot to learn from what you have mentioned today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yari. Great to be here. for listening to another episode of the Hardcore Soft Skills Podcast. To make sure others can learn as well, please leave us a review and share this episode. Make sure you go to hardcoresoftskillspodcast.com and sign up to get updates and many resources every Sunday. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our channels and come back for more wisdom nuggets on how you may develop into a better leader and achieve greater levels of success. Leadership is the most critical skill 
The world will always need leaders to lead others, deploy the next disruptive technology, or execute a business strategy. You may as well decide on counting yourself among the 21st century leaders. See you right here next time on the Leadership and Success Podcast with Coach BZ.